You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it to Matthew 25. Matthew 25 is where we're going to be today. We are in our second last message in our Summer Stories series. There's a lot of S words there in a row. Summer Stories series. The last two messages, you're like, I can't handle it. Maybe not. Maybe you're okay if the series ends, but you're like, that means we're coming to the end of summer. That means we're coming to cool weather, although it was kind of cold if you got up early this morning. That means we're coming to school going back and routine. I can't handle it. I'm not ready for that. Well, me neither. <laughs> but our passage today is all about readiness. It's all about readiness. It's about a different kind of readiness. So as you turn to Matthew 25, I just want to point out just something that's important to keep in your mind as we go through this passage today. There are a number of different elements to the story that over years people have tried to read different things into. And so we're going to try and be careful to not read things in that are not meant to be read into it. Does that make sense? So we want to learn together of what uh, these truths of God's word might imply for us, what they should imply, and then also want to be careful about what they do not imply, because the whole passage isn't about all of these little possible implications. This whole passage is about one thing, and it actually, if you just like spoiler alert, go to Matthew 25, 13, that's the last verse we're going to look at today, but it says there at the beginning, it just says watch. It's all about watching. This whole parable that Jesus is about to tell that we're going to learn from is all about watching. It's about anticipation. It's about expectation for the day when we will be before Jesus. The passage is all about preparation. None of us know when Christ might return. And none of us know maybe when he will call us to be with him. But the point of this message and the point of the urgency that Jesus is trying to stir in our hearts through his word and then he will do by his spirit as he's done in my life this week and hopefully in your heart as you hear this is that this needs to be something that we continually think about. This is of ongoing importance to us. This whole question of are you ready to meet Jesus is not some cliche thing that Christians say. It's something that Christ has commanded us to contemplate and to think on regularly. It should be continually changing how we think and how we live as we understand that one day we're going to stand before Jesus. And so that's what this parable is about. Let me give you just a little bit of context before we read the passage. This is part of the, uh, what's referred to often as the Olivet Discourse. It's a, a last few messages that Jesus was giving right before he would be crucified. And this is the latest in a series of statements that he has said about his life on earth wrapping up, but then his future return and his coming again. And he is calling for the people in this whole, in chapter 23 and 24, he's calling for them to to stay awake, to be prepared, to be ready, which leads us to Matthew 25, verse one. Let's read together. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the fools said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, since there will be not enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. 
And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the virgins came and also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. This is the point. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Jesus tells this story of a a very simple and familiar scenario for all the people who would have been listening to this. This was not an uncommon thing for everyone to get ready for the party. And the bridegroom, the groom would go to get the bride and he would come back and everyone would be waiting. They'd be waiting with great anticipation. The ladies in waiting were there. Part of their role and their responsibility was to have light for the party that would go all night. And so they needed to have these lamps lit when the bridegroom came back. But they also needed to have the lamps lit because if you came home to a dark house and there was just a stranger outside in the dark, you probably wouldn't let them in, right? It it helps if they have a light. And so the light is really important here. And here we see that Jesus divides this group into two groups. We all notice that? There's the wise and the foolish. Now, before we go too far in learning about them, I want to point out this to you. Did you notice the bride? You didn't notice the bride. There's no mention of the bride. Elsewhere in the New Testament, we see the church referred to as the bride of Christ, but that illustration hasn't happened yet. It doesn't come for a number of years still. And commentators, and I bring this up because commentators warn against trying to read too much, so this is one of those elements, we've got to be careful we don't read too much into the passage, that this is not about the bride, this is about the preparedness of everyone else. This is about the preparedness of the return of Jesus. This is about the preparedness of the coming of the Son of Man. Nowhere in history has anyone been confused about who the bridegroom is. All right, You can be confused about the, the bride and, and who the, the virgins are and all of that stuff. That's, it's not elaborated on. All right, But there's no confusion that Jesus is coming back. There's no confusion that one day, if we don't make it till his return, well, we didn't make it, and so we will go to him. Either he's coming to us, or we're going to him. The question is, are you ready? Are we ready? So let's learn two things, one from each of these groups of people. Here's the first one. The fools are unprepared. Be ready. Fools are unprepared. Be ready. If you notice in verse one, there's no confusion that Jesus is coming. Everyone, the wise, the foolish, everyone knows, everyone is aware of their own mortality. Everyone gets it. Jesus just wrapped up in chapter 24 from verse 36 through 51. He said like four, three or four times that talked about the coming of the Son of Man. This is going to happen. It's a sure thing. Jesus knows he's coming back. He says that the Father knows the exact moment of this. But again, whether you make it to the return of Christ or he calls you home, the question is, are you ready? Now the question is, are you ready? Because you're going to meet Jesus. I thought people would have been more excited about that. You're going to meet Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, but the question is, are you going to meet Jesus as your savior or as your judge? I hope so. I hope so. All right. Now, let's jump back to the passage here. Look at verse two. So five were foolish and five were wise. That's, we've got that. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. So these ladies had lamps that seemed to be lit, but they did not have oil to keep them burning. So what was the oil? You might be wondering, okay, well, was it, was it grace? Well, it couldn't have been grace. 
Because you can't get to the end of God's grace. You can't run out of God's grace. Well, maybe it was the Holy Spirit. No, it can't be the Holy Spirit because he promised to send a helper who would be with us, so we can't lose the helper that he sends. Well, maybe it's, it's faith. And maybe they ran out of faith, or maybe they ran out of good works. Well, it can't be that either. Ephesians 2 says, By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. So it can't be any of those things. Oil is simply a picture of preparedness. The oil is all about preparedness. That's it. You might think, well, well, what does that mean then? This idea of having this preparedness. So they were these shining lamps. They appeared to be saved. They they were kind of there with the other people who seemed to be ready and, and they seemed like they were ready. Well, this isn't too dissimilar to what we heard about last week about the seeds that sprung up around the rocky soil. They sprung up, they even tried to bear a little fruit, but they didn't have deep roots. They had the appearance, they said all of the right things, they even seemed to be doing the right things, but when push came to shove, it didn't last. These ladies here, here we have these lamps that are shining, maybe even they're kind of sharing some light with those around them, but it runs out. How is this possible? There's a a quote by Matthew Henry that I found really helpful on this. An outward profession may light a man along this world. So it's just an outward profession, though. An outward profession may light a man along this world, but the damps of the valley of the shadow of death will put out such a light. Many will seek admission into heaven when it's too late. The vain confidence of hypocrites, because it was just an outward profession, The vain confidence of hypocrites, this is heavy, will carry them far in expectation of happiness. But it will not bring the happiness because it's hypocritical, it's disingenuine, and it's not from the heart. So for, for true believers in Jesus, for those who are not fools, but those who are prepared, those who are ready, It means that we not only then believe the gospel in such a way that we will articulate it out of our mouths, but it's that we believe it in such a way that the Holy Spirit has moved in us and the truth of the gospel means something to us and then begins to dictate how we live our lives. So if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus and the Spirit burns bright in you, now it's interesting, you may fall asleep because even the wise ones fell asleep, right? And we'll get to that in point two. That's, that's a whole lot of fun over there, okay? However, the waiting will happen. You will continue in faith if genuinely the work of God has taken place in your heart. You have the preparedness by his Holy Spirit, by the work that he's doing in transforming you in your understanding of the gospel, your commitment to Jesus, and your living for him. All of these things are evidence to those around that the light isn't going out in your life. Even though you may fall asleep, you will not be lost because you are genuinely in Christ and he is working this preparedness in you. Now, again, sadly, We see this in people around us. We thought that they were saved. Like, the plant seemed to shoot up really quick, maybe. They they seemed to give off some light, but when push came to shove, 
as time went on, and we see this with these ladies, as the evening goes on, it gets really late, and they begin to run out of this oil. The light was not genuine. It was an outward profession that did not last. Now, they have this conversation in verse eight. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for your lamps are going out. But the wise answered, we can't do that because there's not gonna be enough for us too. And then you see there in verse 10, this tragic, while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in and the marriage feast starts, the door is shut, verse 11. Afterwards, the other virgins came saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. This passage, this entire parable that Jesus is speaking here is to encourage us in our urgent expectation of Jesus. We're all in some way aware of our mortality. Whether we want to admit it or not, the question is, are we prepared for the end of our lives? Again, when either Jesus returns and everything changes here on earth, or he calls us to be with him. Some people will say, well, you know, they didn't have enough time. One scholar said they didn't have enough time because they already had too much time. Sadly, this is many people in our world, and I pray it's no one in this room. We think, oh, later, 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 I'll figure it out later. I'll put my trust in Jesus later. I'll come to him later. I'll ask for forgiveness later. I'll continue in sin right now. On the screen, Romans 2 verse 4 says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? It's like we assume that well, we know God is kind, and we know that he's loving, and we know that he's gracious, and we know that he's good. And so he's got me. He, well, like The end of that verse says, all of those things, God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. It's not supposed to be this thing that we bank on for some future moment. It's supposed to work in our hearts here and now to cause us to stir us to a greater affection for him. Listen, every moment that you get until you meet Jesus is a gift from God. It is a gift from him to put your faith in Jesus or to pursue a greater depth of preparedness that you are watching, that you are living this anticipatory life where you know he's coming and I'm living for him. The fool is unprepared and not ready. Second Thessalonians says of the fool, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. Have you believed in Jesus? Have you put your faith genuinely in him? Or is it something you know about abstractly but you have not confessed your sin before him and asked him to come into your life and to forgive you? Sadly, that's the truth for these five women. It doesn't have to be for you today, brother and sister. We still have time. We're still here, we're still breathing. Every breath in and every breath out is another moment of grace. It's another opportunity for us to seek the Lord, to repent of sin, to trust in him, and to come to him. Well, what are we doing with our time? Are we ready? Are we ready to meet Jesus? I was never a Boy Scout. 
I kind of wish I had been. I, their motto is be prepared, and that's like, it's something that I've always thought about in my life. I like to be prepared for things. If I'm going places, I like to be prepared. My wife and I, we kind of joke. I, I like coats, jackets, all right? You're like, it's summer. Don't talk about that. Just hold with me. I, I, have, a, I have a jacket for almost every possible weather situation, <laughs> except for a hot, sunny day, and they do make one. I just refuse to buy it because I think it's kind of ridiculous. Like, why would you have a coat for a hot, sunny day? Uh, but I want to be prepared for any kind of weather. Right? Anybody else like to be prepared? You want to be prepared sometimes? I remember a few years ago, uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to go uh, visit the Grand Canyon, and from where we were, we had to drive across the stretch of desert because it's in the middle of nowhere, and before we left, I put a case of water in the trunk, and I made sure that the tank of gas never got below a quarter tank. You might be like, you're crazy? I'd call it prepared. All right? I just wanted to be ready in case anything happened. My, like, Boy Scout mentality that I didn't even have was just gonna like kick in and I'd be like, you know, eating from a cactus or something. I don't know. I just wanted to be prepared. I remember very clearly hearing the parable of the ten virgins in Sunday school when I was little. And I remember sitting in that basement room at that church and hearing the call for the urgency of preparedness and being ready because you will meet Jesus. And I remember going home from church that day and saying to my mom and dad, I don't think I'm ready to meet Jesus. And I remember they sat me down and they talked with me and they shared with me the truth and the goodness of the gospel and they helped me to pray and to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and invite him to be in charge of my life. Since that time, I can tell you I've been growing deep roots. The oil isn't running out. I've sought to live out the gospel in a serious way in my life, and by no way am I perfect at all in this. But I am asking and I am seeking for the Lord to do this in me, to change me constantly, to grow me, to increase the oil in my life, the preparedness, the gospel-centeredness in my life. Is that you? Are you prepared? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Maybe this is you this morning, and you're hearing, you're looking at that verse 9, and you're like, these people, they asked for help, and they didn't get any. It was too late. When you stand before Jesus, it's just you. It's just you. It doesn't matter that you went to a Christian school. It doesn't matter that you came to church every Sunday. It doesn't even matter that your spouse loves Jesus. It's about you and Jesus. Maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. Maybe you've never actually asked him for the forgiveness of your sin. You've come to church so many times. You know that's what he offers you. You know that's what he does. But you've never come to him. And you've never confessed your sin and asked him to forgive you of your sin. Romans 10, 9 and 10 on the screen. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, brother and sister, you will be saved. You can be saved. You can be forgiven. You can be ready to meet Jesus. How awesome is that? Jesus ends this passage in verse 13 in Matthew 25, and he says, watch, therefore. Watch. Do not wait. That is an active thing. It is not passive. Put your faith in Jesus today. Now, maybe you're here, though, and you're sitting here, and you're like, I have been many times after that young age putting my faith and trust in Jesus, and many times throughout my life thinking, is the oil going to last? Are the roots growing deep? And that's not something that you and I can just force. It's not something that we can make. However, 
It is something that we can invite the Lord to do in our lives and in our hearts. And it is something that we can be intentional about not resisting. We've got this slide. I want to just read it to all of us here. If God is speaking to you today about areas of change that need to happen in your life, do not resist the regenerating and transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Don't resist it. If he is reaching out and calling to you and he said, I love you and I have saved you and I want to change you, then I want to encourage you today, do not resist the Holy Spirit. But embrace the gospel. Embrace the gospel in your life. And this is what embracing the gospel looks like in our life. All right? If you're going to embrace the gospel, just a few things. It means that we're going to be broken over sin. We're not gonna be okay with sin in our life. We know that it's bad. We know that Jesus died because of sin. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna seek to turn from sinful behavior. That's literally repentance. We're gonna embrace the gospel. We're gonna understand that sin is bad and we wanna get it out of our lives. And so then we're also going to pursue the Lord. We're gonna go after him in his word and in prayer. We're gonna be intentional about a depth of relationship with him. Him who has loved us so much, we're gonna to seek to honor him with our lives. We're gonna to seek to live out righteousness. We're gonna to seek to not be disobedient to the things of God in his word, but live for him. And we're gonna to submit to Christ, meaning what he says to do in his word, we're going to do it. It might not always be easy, it might not always be comfortable, but we know that's what the Lord has called us to do. And then if this is beginning to be true and you're embracing the gospel, well, what's gonna happen is you're gonna have a greater desire to share the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ with others because you don't wanna just hold this thing to yourself because you know they might not be ready. They might not be ready for the moment when Christ returns. Everyone will meet Jesus. Everyone will stand before him. The question is, are you ready? The fool is unprepared we need to be ready. We need to believe the gospel of Jesus and embrace it in all the areas of our lives. Five of these women did not. Now, five of them did, yet look in verse five. They became drowsy and slept. Now, we would assume this of the foolish ones, right? Well, they're foolish. Of course, they're gonna fall asleep. But the wise ones fall asleep as well. Now again, the oil, all of this is about preparedness and readiness. They wait a long time, they're ready, but they fall asleep. What is this all about? Well, one thing is that, just to point out that they weren't perfect. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to have it all figured out, perfectly living for Jesus all of the time. That should be our pursuit. That should be our desire but we're not gonna be perfect in how we live. Look at verse four. So they took flasks of oil with their lamps. They seem to be having it all together, yet they fall asleep. They're ready, but there's one thing lacking, and Jesus addresses it in verse 13, and he says, watch. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Here's point number two, the second thing we learn. The wise are ready, be watchful. It's possible to be ready and not be watchful. There's this great contrast here between the wise and the fools. 
the ready and the not ready, but yet they have this thing in common. <clears throat> it's a lack of urgency. It's a lack of staying awake. Some of them are genuinely prepared, but asleep. Maybe even as I'm saying that right now, you know you've put your faith in Jesus and you're thinking personally, I'm ready, but am I asleep right now? As the bridegroom returns after it had taken a long time, it was like midnight, it's dark. You might be like, yeah, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus said this. It seems to be going on quite a while. And in the same way that they fell asleep, often what happens in our lives is that we lose a little bit of the urgency and the urgent expectation for the any moment return of Christ. Any moment, it would be so amazing if that happened. If that, we'll see, maybe in the next service, maybe before the next service, maybe before the next service. The point that Jesus is making is that we, we are called to be watchful you can be prepared, but he wants you to be prepared and to be watchful. He wants there to be this intentionality because he's warning against, and this is what believers do sometimes, foolishly, we try to walk some balancing act of prepared but not urgent. Jesus is like, there's no room for that. You need to stay awake. You need to be urgent. You need to know that I am coming back. He's calling for this great sense of urgency urgency. Now, again, notice the conversation in verses 8 through 10, and I'm not going to keep reading it, but this is the conversation where they're like, we're running out of oil. Can we have some of your oil? No, you can't. And, and, and the 10 gets split up at this point. There's, there's a dividing factor, and the dividing factor is the preparedness, the lack of oil that five of them have, and because some are prepared, they are welcomed into the feast. Now, the oil imagery here is about something that the foolish girls, they could have had, but they didn't. And then at some other time, they think they have, but it's too late. Warren Wearsby, the great commentator, and again, he, as I read his writings this week, he's very, trying to be very careful not to define what the oil is. But he suggests, and I like this idea, that it may have something to do, the preparedness that lasts, with the impact of the word of God in our lives. It's very interesting that many who seem to be saying they're saved, but fall away, did not pursue a depth of relationship with God in his word. How many people have we interacted with over the years who call themselves followers of Jesus but never open his word? They don't know anything about him. There is a firm foundation, a book that God has given us to build our lives upon. For sure, preparedness has some connection with God's word. Whereas those who fix themselves in Jesus Christ and pursue the Lord, especially in his word, in knowing him, even though we may fall asleep, even though difficulty comes, even though challenges will come, we know we are secure because we know truth of God from his word. So again, I'm not saying that the oil is God's word in our life, but part of our desire and our growth in preparedness will have to do with our relationship to God and his word. So God's word has to play a vital role. But again, 
Why did they fall asleep in verse 5? Well, it's easy to get caught up in what's going on right now and forget about the future. Again, it's been a couple thousand years. Maybe until I said it just a few minutes ago at the start of this message, you hadn't really thought too much about the possible imminent return of Jesus. And I'll just confess to you that I have seasons where I go through where I don't contemplate that Christ may return at any moment. But this is what we're called to do. Jesus is calling for us to watch, to be intentional about this. In Luke 21, he says, stay awake. And then he sums it all up in in verse 13 here. And he just says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Again, the point is, Jesus wants you to be ready. Are you ready? We need to live with expectation and urgency all the time, prepared to meet Jesus. At any moment, prepared to meet Jesus. Paul writes about this in Colossians, and this verse is going to be on the screen, Colossians 4.2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in thanksgiving. This is how we're supposed to live, being watchful for what? To meet Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, and he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So Jesus has saved you to walk in a way that's pleasing to him because he's coming back. We don't know when that will be, but he's going to come back. God's word is clear. Jesus is being clear. If you are wise, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, be watchful. Live for him with your life. Jesus said in John 15, 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you then bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So are you wise? Maybe. Are you watchful? It's hard to look forward to things when you don't know when they'll happen. We don't have a lot of those things in our lives. We know when a lot of things will happen, or we can kind of ballpark it, right? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know when my birthday is. And, yeah, I know when my anniversary is. I'm kidding. Oh, no, I do know. I wasn't kidding about that. Either. I know when Christmas is. December 25th impress you with my knowledge, but it's like that every year on December 25th. How cool is that? Okay, but think about it. The urgency for Christmas is different on December 28th than it is on December 23rd. The urgency for Christmas on December 28th is it's 362 days away, and there's kind of like, it's a long way away. On December 23rd, it's only two days away. Jesus is calling for us to live with the kind of urgency like it could be tomorrow. It could be right now. It could be before the next service. It could be at any moment that we are called home to heaven. It could be at any moment that we will see Jesus return, that the Son of Man will come back. The question is, are we ready? Are we ready and are we awake? Are we ready and are we awake and are we prepared to meet Jesus? Are we watchful? You might be thinking, okay, well, how do I be watchful then? Write this verse down. Look it up later. It's so good. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Two things in there, okay? There's the laying aside of sin, the getting sin out of your life, and the looking to Jesus, This is how we are to go about the Christian life, looking to Jesus and laying aside sin. 
David Jeremiah said this, Dr. David Jeremiah, the best thing you can do to keep from worrying about falling away is to keep growing in your faith. That is evidence that you are a believer. He goes on to say, as we see Jesus more clearly, the gospel gets bigger and bigger in our hearts. His death becomes more wonderful. His resurrection becomes more astonishing. Sin becomes more disgusting and the devil seems more evil. The restoring work of the spirit gets mightier. The global reach of the gospel becomes more important and our yearning for eternity becomes greater and the love of God becomes more delightful in our lives. As we seek Jesus, that doesn't happen if we're sleeping on eternity. That doesn't happen when we're not being watchful. So we need to look to Jesus, but we also need to look away from sin. As Hebrews says, we need to lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. We need to get that sin out of our lives. So this is a lot more practical. This has more to do with our forward-looking informing our current living. Have you thought about that before? Our forward-looking to the return of Christ need to inform our current living. The expectation that you will stand before Jesus someday should impact the way that you live right now. Think about this past week. Was there a moment or likely moments that if you're honest, you're glad Jesus didn't come back at that moment and find you in that spot? We all have them. Now, we're dumb to think that we somehow got away with something. That's not how it works. He still knows about all of it. And he loves us. And he's gracious. And he's kind. But he wants the reality that we're going to be with him someday to motivate us to change the way that we live, to be watchful, to be looking, to be anticipating his return, to have this forward-looking moment when we're going to meet Jesus to change how we currently live. So what does this look like? Well, it means that maybe, maybe we are watchful in such a way that we don't let anger take over and lose it on our kids. Maybe it means that we're watchful and we're going to have a little more grace on the highway and wave at people a little less. Maybe it means that we're going to be watchful of our behavior and we're not going back to that website. Maybe it means that we're going to be watchful of the thoughts that we have and we're not going to harbor that bitterness we're gonna to seek to ask the Lord to help us grant grace. Maybe we're gonna be watchful and not telling those lies. Maybe we're gonna be watchful and not indulging in that behavior. We need to be watchful in such a way that we live every day like it's our last. I wish I could say to you that I you know, try to do nothing in my life that I wouldn't wanna have Jesus find me doing. I'm not that diligent. I'm not that watchful, but I wanna be. I wanna be watchful in such a way that Jesus could come back at any time and I would be pleased with how he finds me. This is what Jesus is calling for us. The wise live like they're ready, but they need to be watchful. Now, this whole idea of being watchful and the imminent return of Christ and, and that, that you may be called home to, to meet with him you may die at any moment. It's not cliche at all. Sometimes people think that, oh, a cliche message about, oh, you're gonna, 
you're going to meet Jesus. It's not at all. In fact, this is what Jesus has commanded for us to do. He wants us to think about that. He wants us to be ready. He wants us to remind ourselves that we're going to meet him someday. And I believe there are people in this room who are not ready to meet Jesus. And like the Lord did in my life when I was just a young boy, hearing this exact same parable, he is saying to you, you need to wake up and you need to be prepared. And brother or sister, you have moments of grace. Every one, every breath is another opportunity to come to Jesus. Take it. Take that grace. Even right now, while I'm speaking, while I'm still talking, come before him and confess your sin to him and ask him to forgive you of your sin. Put your faith and trust in Jesus and know that you are ready to meet him. But maybe you're here and you're ready, but you've been kind of sleeping. You know you haven't been living a life that's pleasing to the Lord because it lacks urgency, it lacks discipline, it lacks a genuine pursuit of I'm going to meet Jesus one day. Is this how I want to live? You still get grace too. It's still a moment of grace. It's still an opportunity to live for him. This is what Jesus is calling for in this parable. Don't wait. Watch, therefore. You know neither the day nor the hour. The question is, are you ready? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, you are gracious and kind to warn us, to point our hearts to a greater understanding of our mortality. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking little of it, for thinking maybe we've got it all together or we can get it all together later because the time will come and for some it will be too late. I pray, God, that that would not be people found in this room. I pray that they would be ready with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe this morning you're hearing the invitation to come to Jesus and you need to receive that invitation. You need to admit your sin before God and you need to tell him you believe in him and you want him to be in charge of your life. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything except for just to confess that to the Lord right now. This is another moment Grace is still being poured out. Don't pass it up. Receive Jesus. Find hope. Be ready. Maybe you've been resisting the transforming power of Jesus in your life. And you need to say today, no, Lord, I, I, I don't want to resist anymore. I want to completely give in to all that you want to do in my life and change me and transform me. Please, God, would you help Help me live like I'm prepared. Help me live with urgency for you. So just take a second and go before the Lord and say, God, please, help me be more ready. Help me be ready. I choose you. I want to live for you.
you love me. You are so kind. God, you are so good to warn us in this way. Would we not be so foolish to pass this up, to think that we can wait on this? Keep us awake. Keep us watching. In Jesus' name.